0: The Pre Med Year, session number 367. Hello, and welcome to The Pre Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. And welcome to the pre-med years. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and I wanna thank you for taking the time to be here today, a time when you could be out doing nothing, hanging out, relaxing, doing whatever. But that's the joy of podcasts. You can relax and listen to a podcast. You can drive, work out, walk your dog and listen to the podcast. I would love the one question or the one ask that I would have for you right now is to go share this podcast. That is the number one way that podcast find new listeners, and that's from you sharing it with your friends, with your advisors, with whoever. So please share this podcast. All right, today is a special episode. It's going to be my talk that I gave at the University of Florida, Go Gators, my alma mater for their AMSA pre-med club meeting, so their general body meeting meeting. They had invited me to come speak, um, and usually I would do that over Skype, so if you have a pre-med club and you want me to speak at that club, usually I do those over Skype, but because it was University of Florida, and because the Gators were in town the week before, the weekend before, I got to go to a football game, I got to speak at my alma mater, I got to be back on campus, it was a blast. So, you are going to hear that recording right now. Go Gators! Nice. It's amazing being back on campus after a long time. So I went to the Vandy game this weekend. Who went to the game? You're like, I don't have time. I had to study. I'm gonna come up on stage. Is that all right? <clears throat> um, who here has listened to one of my podcasts? That's sad. <laughs> it hurts my feelings. Hopefully, more of you will listen after I'm done talking. So, I went to school here back from 98 to 2002, back before there was internet and cars and electricity. Uh, this microphone's terrible. I'll turn it off too. Um, and when I was in school here, I came in knowing I wanted to be. A physician. How many of you started undergrad here knowing you wanted to go to medical school? A lot of you. Awesome. How many of you in your chem? Was it 2045? Is it still the? Yeah, 2045 and 46 is the same numbers. That's awesome. Uh, how many of your chem 2045 class were discouraged by either professor or other classmates? or family members, or physicians you were trying to shadow. Like, why do you want to go to medical school? Or you can't go to medical school. You're not smart enough. Look at, look to your left, look to your right. Only one of you can be a doctor. Did anybody hear that whole spiel? Yeah, it's a miserable spiel. And it's not true. I heard that spiel from my pre-med advisor. My sophomore year, I went and met my pre-med advisor I started off school great. I think 4.0 my first semester. Dropped down a little bit. Graduated with a good GPA, so my grades weren't an issue. Sophomore year, I haven't taken the MCAT yet. My pre my pre med advisor is telling me, Ryan, don't don't apply to medical school. You won't get in. You're a white male. There's there's too many of you applying. So I never talked to her again. And I went, <laughs> <laughs> I went. I went and I hung out with my classmates. And so the, the first kind of uh, acknowledgement that I want to make for you is that you are in this organization. I hope not just for social points, which you got to get more than one social point for some of those things. Um, but for the camaraderie for the collaboration with each and every one of you in here. Because if it wasn't for the group of students that I hung out with, I wouldn't be here today because I leaned on them for support and for advice and for a shoulder to cry on when I got that, that B- minus in my physics test. And I thought my life was over. Um, so, so keep it up. Each of you in here are not competing against each other. Every day, you are only competing against yourself to get into medical school. Trust me when I say that there are enough seats to get into medical school for those of you who deserve it. And when you look at the stats overall, you go, oh, only 40% of students are getting in. Well, that's true for one application service, but there are three in this country. And when you look overall, the stats are probably much better than that because the application services don't talk to each other. But then when you actually look at the students who are applying and not getting in, there are some really terrible applicants out there. Right, really terrible. They shouldn't be applying to medical school. And so when you see those stats, it looks very dismal. Like, oh my God, you have to be a perfect student to get into medical school, and you don't. You have to be good enough. You have to have a good enough GPA, a good enough MCAT score. But you have to have your story, which is why I have this Your Story Matters up on this slide. Because I talk to a lot of students who have 3.9 GPAs and 520 MCAT scores who get zero interviews. How many of you th- thought that if you had a 3.9, 520, that's an easy in for a medical school? Right? So there's some hands. Good. Raise them. Everyone should raise your hand because that's, that's what you assume, Right? You're like, as long as I get a good GPA and a good MCAT score, I'm good. That's what I thought. When I I volunteered at the hospital, right, when Shans was nowhere near what it is today, this whole hospital complex has just exploded since I've been here. When I was in school here, volunteering for me at the hospital, my clinical experience was sitting at the information desk, pointing people to the elevator and to the gift shop. I didn't know any better. I was a white male. I shouldn't be applying to medical school. So, what do I know? So, there are students out there applying with three, nine GPAs and 520 MCAT scores with zero shadowing and zero clinical experience, not putting hands on patients, talking to patients, interacting with patients, having zero idea why they want to be a physician, but applying to medical school. And guess what happens to them? they don't get in medical schools don't want a perfect student you can get a c in ochem it's okay are we orgo or ochem here i forget orgo, orgo thank you all right <laughs> depends on where i'm talking in the country it's like soda and pop you got to make sure <clears throat> so <laughs> so y- you can get a c in orgo and still get into medical school You can have multiple withdrawals and still get into medical school. You don't have to be a perfect applicant, but your story behind why things are happening to you, the grades that you're getting, the dips in your semester GPAs, the the semester where you had to withdraw for a whole semester, your story behind that, the story that you tell in your personal statement is what makes or breaks your application the story that you tell in your secondary essays is what makes or breaks your application and if you are lucky enough to get an interview which i hope all of you are to have that experience amazing stressful experience then the story that you tell in your interview is what makes or breaks your application so what i hope you take away from just me being here tonight and allowing me to come back to campus and and go to a football game again and take I, my family. I was here with my wife who lets me watch the Gator game every Saturday, thankfully. I, I live in the, the, the Denver area, Boulder, and we have an amazing alumni club there. And we get together on Saturdays at, for football games with like three or 400 people, and it's awesome. Um, and I brought my 5-year-old and my, my 15-month-old to watch the Gator game. But what I hope you take away from this is that if you want to go to medical school, then you can. There may be some of you in here who are going to go and have to do a post-bac. After you graduate here, you're going to have to take some more classes to prove to yourself and to prove to medical schools that you are academically qualified to finish medical school. That's what medical schools want to make sure, right? First and foremost that you're academically capable of finishing medical school. Guess what? Medical school is hard. I failed my first med school exam. My wife says I was in tears. I don't think I was. I don't cry. Uh, Medical school is hard. You don't have to be a genius to finish medical school, though. Trust me. Some of my med school classmates were not super smart. But they finished. You You know why? They worked hard. Medical school is at a whole nether level than undergrad, and I wasn't ready for it. I failed my first tests. I figured out how to improve, and I got better. If you want to go to medical school, then you're, you'll figure it out. So you may need to do a post Some of you may do a special master's program or a, a master's in some sort of science to, to improve your GPA. Some of you will have to take that, that four-letter test once, twice, three times, Four times, the MCAT. I hated that thing. I took the MCAT somewhere here on campus um, way back in the day, back when it was still a written test on paper, four hours. You had to write an essay too. And I didn't get in. Let me, let me rewind a minute and give you a, a little backstory. So I came here, 98, 2002, exercise physiology, Exercise and sports science. Any exercise and sports science in the house? Nobody? One, two. It's the best major on campus. Best pre-med major on campus. Um, wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. Told you my whole spiel with the pre-med advisor. So I applied to medical school my first time around with my clinical experience, being hanging out at, at the uh, information desk. So somehow I got an interview here, and I interviewed at the University of Colorado, which I'm on faculty now. Uh, Didn't get in at either place, and come to find out, I was lacking in some things in my application. So I fixed those things and reapplied, got into New York Medical College on an Air Force scholarship, HPSP scholarship, and wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon the whole way through medical school, and uh, applied for orthopedic residency through the Air Force. And the Air Force said, nope, you're not going to be an orthopedic surgeon. You're going to be a flight surgeon. I was like, oh, that's cool. I get to perform surgery on airplanes. They're like, no, that's a mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they a flight surgeon is just a fancy name for like a family practice, general practice doctor for pilots and their families and, and other special kind of people in the Air Force. And uh, so I was a flight surgeon for five years in the military. And I had started what is now kind of medical school headquarters of my podcast and stuff in 2012, just as a hobby, as just something to do on the side. And uh, some health issues got me out of the military, and I decided to leave medicine, stop practicing, and go full-time into being a, a podcaster. So that's, that's kind of my story in, in a nutshell. But in this process, I've talked to dozens of deans of medical uh, school admissions and Admissions committee members, and students who have stumbled, gotten kicked out of medical or kicked out of undergrad, who have gotten DUIs, who have been arrested for various reasons, and all of them have fought their way back to get into medical school. And so at the end of the day, if you failed your test last week, if you're gonna fail a test next week, if you're gonna fail a semester, you're gonna have to drop out a semester, understand that if this is what you want to do, then figure out a way to do it. Because at the end of the day, everything that you will go through will help you be a better physician. It'll be part of your story when you're applying to medical school. I was in Toronto in June at a uh, med school admissions summit. How many of you have taken the Casper? Anybody taken the Casper yet? A few of you, everyone who applied is like, I'm not going to pre-med AMSA meetings anymore. Uh, so Casper is a, a test that you take online when you apply. And uh, it's it's a test that is super weird. And as long as you're not a, a psychopath, you'll be fine. Um, so a few of you are kind of, uh-oh. Um, <laughs> I, won't, I won't point it out. You know who you are. Uh so I was at. I was, they, they put on a conference for medical school admissions committee members and deans of admissions. And I was talking to a bunch of them and they care about your story. They don't want the 4.0 520 MCAT student, especially if you've never had any adversity. If you have zero adversity in your life, it kind of sucks because it's like, well, should I go and get some adversity? Like, <laughs> Should I go get hit by a car and say, hey, look at my comeback? And go steal a car and say, I was arrested. Look what I've learned. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, they they want to see that you've been able to overcome whatever challenges you have had. And everyone usually has challenges they've overcome, some big, some small. And what you've done with what you have been given in life is important, and that's your story. And so when you are thinking about applying to medical school, think about your story, not from a look at my GPA, look at my MCAT score, look at how many social points I have from my AMSA club. (laughs) Go get them. I like that dabbing gingerbread, man. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Should make that shirt. Um, think about your story, not just from the stats. Think about your story from when you first realized that healthcare was something that you were interested in. How many people are here because they like science and want to help people? (laughs) Everyone, right? Guess what? I'm sorry to say that's not a reason to be a physician. That's kind of the foundational, kind of the base layer you got Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. There's, there's I got to invent some sort of pyramid. Like helping people and, and liking science is the, the base. But you have to build on that. And you build on that through experiences, through shadowing, through clinical experiences, through the ups and downs of your life. And you figure out your story. Because when it comes time to applying to medical school, Unfortunately, everyone looks the same, right? You've all had clinical experience. You've all hopefully done shadowing, hopefully had clinical experience. You're all in here, parts of different clubs. You all have good enough grades, good enough MCAT scores, hopefully. What stands apart, what helps you stand apart is the way that you are able to tell your story What was it about that experience with Mrs. Smith when you were volunteering, right, changing her sheets or emptying her bedpan or whatever you were doing with that patient? What was it about that experience? I want you to start thinking about that now, not just checking the box going, okay, I hung out with Mrs. Smith. Now I can go watch the Gators play, right? It was, okay, I hung out with Mrs. Smith. What was it about this experience that that really confirmed or reconfirmed or solidified in my mind, bless you, that this is what I want. What was it about this experience that confirmed that this is why I want to be a physician? The better that you can, or the more that you can tell that story, the better your application will be. And if you have hiccups along the way, meaning you've had to withdraw a semester for whatever reason, you have a couple Fs in a semester for whatever reason, tell that story too because it matters. If you've messed up, luckily it wasn't on my, uh, on my transcript, but I got caught cheating in, in uh, chemistry lab. I was one of the, uh, I don't think I can take my license, my medical license back now. <laughs> One of the, I'm sure some of you have done this too. Don't judge me. <laughs> right? You go with your lab book and you have to run some experiments. It's like, oh, what color do you get from this super magic compound? <clears throat> and so I knew what the answers were because my class, my, my friends took the class already or took the lab already. So I knew what colors I was supposed to get. It's not really cheating because I still had to do it all myself. And somehow the, my, my answers fell out on the floor and the lab, the lab professor is like, uh-oh. What's this? So I, I failed that part. Um, if you fail, if you have any sort of academic issues on, that are going to be on your transcript, any sort of got caught drinking on campus, right? Stupid. Drinking age should be 18. That's a whole nother... <laughs> 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 I'm done. All right. <laughs> now I know what I need to talk about. <laughs> um, I, I talk to so many students who think their their medical career's over because they got they got caught drinking on campus. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> who hasn't had a drink on campus? <laughs> Except at BYU. Um, If you have those sorts of issues on your application, own up to it. I was at a conference talking to a dean of admissions of a medical school and a pre-health advisor, and the advisor had a student that was applying to that that, uh, dean of admissions medical school, and they were talking about that student, and I was kind of a third wheel just in the conversation, and the student had an academic issue that, that he wouldn't own up to. And it was his, I think, second time applying to medical school, and he still wouldn't own up to this issue. And so if you have a mistake, own up to it. I had a student reach out to me saying, Dr. Gray, what do I do? I, I, I was caught cheating uh, on, on a test, and, and this is what happened, and blah, blah, blah. And the student sent me what he wrote on his, on his like, academic issue, whatever it's called, on the application And he wrote, I was falsely accused of cheating. And I was like, dude, like that, you got to own up to it. If you got kicked out of school because you were cheating, I don't think that's falsely accused. So you have to own up to your mistakes. So no matter what happens, again... If, if you take only one thing away, besides the, you can drink at 18, well, you can't drink at 18, but you should be able to drink at 18. If, if you can take one thing away, it's that no matter what happens in this journey, go for it. Fix your mistakes. Continue on. And don't give up. When I got my rejections from the University of Florida, University of Colorado, when I applied, it feels like I'm being told Ryan, you can't be a doctor. What is really being said to me is that, Ryan, not right now. They liked me well enough to invite me for an interview. So that was a win. But there were some things I needed to fix. So I fixed them and reapplied. So if at any part of your journey, whether it's asking for shadowing, asking for a job, applying to medical school, further on down the road for residencies and jobs, When you get those no's and those rejections, it's not a no. It's a not right now. So keep pushing forward and keep going down this journey because it's an amazing journey. Even though I'm not practicing, my wife is a practicing neurologist. She does concussion, traumatic brain injury stuff. So I get to live vicariously through her and keep my foot in the door in the medical world. It's an amazing job, an amazing career. Even though physicians are telling you, don't do it, it's not worth it, trust me, it is. So I hope you enjoy this path. It's a long path, and I hope you do enjoy it. Don't look at getting into medical school, getting into residency as the end goal. You have to enjoy every day or else it gets really, really miserable. And I've been there, down in the dumps, wondering when's it going to end. And you look up and you go, oh, crap, I got a lot more to go. It's never ending. So I hope... How much time we have? Five minutes? Can we do some Q&A? I would love to do some q and I hope I have some new um, podcast listeners. Pre-mid years. Go listen. Um, let's do some Q&A. Yes? Any tips for med school interviews. Med school interviews. Well, I have a whole book on it. Um, so... <laughs> The, the biggest tip that I want to give you, uh, the biggest mistake, uh, I'll, I'll flip it. The biggest mistake that students make is that they think their job at the medical school interview is to show how awesome they are. You, students go in with an agenda of, I need to prove how empathetic and compassionate I am, how dedicated I am, how hardworking I am. Right? So let's, let's kind of flip it and reverse it. Uh, If I'm sitting there listening to you, going, oh, man, she is so hardworking and dedicated because she just told me that. Hold on. Time out. Sally, Sally, we finally found a dedicated and hardworking one. Right? Offer her an acceptance right now. Right? That's not your job in the interview. Your job in the interview is to go and have a conversation, not to prove yourself not to sell yourself. The admissions committee members, the interviewers don't want to be sold to. They want to have a conversation. The biggest feedback that I get from the deans of admissions from their interviewers is that they'll walk out of a room and not know who the student is. Just that the student thought they had to to prove something. So go in, treat it like what I call a coffee shop conversation Right? If you're going in to have a coffee shop conversation with a, a friend, a classmate, a colleague, whatever, you're not going to go in going, okay, I need, to, I need to make sure they really know that, that I really worked hard today and, and that I, I'm super helpful and I'm super dedicated and super motivated. Right? You just go and you have a conversation, you talk, you answer questions and usually when i tell students that that they don't have to sell themselves that they they just go in and have a conversation usually what i see in people's faces is relief they're like oh that's it i can do that so that's that's what i would say is my biggest tip is just go in and have a conversation what else yeah way back there you in your application yeah so for me, um, it, was, it was mostly around my activities. So my clinical experience and shadowing, I basically had none. Uh, clinical experience and shadowing are huge. You need to get them, and they're hard to get, uh, especially at a big academic institution like this, right? You have lots of pre-med students, pre-PA students, nursing students all trying to get into the hospital and do things. Guess what? Gainesville's big. It's much bigger than this small campus. So call some private practices, call those physicians out in the community and see if you can shadow, potentially be a, a volunteer medical assistant uh, and, and get experiences in that way. My MCAT score was pretty weak. Uh, converted to today's scores, it was probably a 501, 502. My GPA was strong, 3.7 something. Um, so it was really just the activities that, that hurt me. What else? Yes. Yes. So mental health is still pretty stigmatized. So how would you say that medical schools look at that? Like saying your personal. Opinion. So I'll give you my answer, and then I'll give you another answer. So my answer is one where I say tread lightly. Unfortunately, it is very stigmatized, and again, going back to kind of medical schools want to make sure that you're academically competent to finish medical school. They want to make sure that from a health perspective, whether it's physical, or mental health, you're going to be capable of finishing medical school in four years, what they want. And so if, if you have some sort of academic issues where you had to withdraw a semester, or withdraw a year, uh, and you talk about, uh, I'll just throw it out there. you be like, hey, I have bipolar, and this is why I want to be a doctor. I have bipolar, and this is why I, I missed the year, right? They're going to go, uh-oh, right? Is she going to be able to finish medical school in four years? Medical school, if I haven't said it already, which I know I did, but I'll say it again, is hard. Um, And so in my mind, you don't want to give them any ammo to say no. With that said, you have to tell your story. And if your story involves being bipolar, right? I'll just stick with being bipolar. If your story uh, revolves around being bipolar and that is why you want to be a physician, then you can't avoid that. In telling your story, because the goal of your personal statement is to talk about why you want to be a physician. Maybe there's a little loophole where, hey, mom has bipolar too, and I can just talk about mom and avoid talking about me. But at the end of the day, the, the question comes down to who you are as a person and what you want to talk about. And do you, depending on what's going on, are you going to need accommodations? And do you want to potentially screen out schools that are going to reject you based on that? And you know because of that that they're not going to be very friendly if you do have issues during medical school. And so you, if you are open and honest about it to begin with, knowing that you may get more rejections because of it, but if you do get some interviews and acceptances, you know they already accept you for who you are. And you're not trying to hide it and then go, surprise, afterwards. Does that make sense? Yes. So that, so if we ever made a mistake, we, have to, that. <coughs> we yeah. really have to prove that we've learned. From the next one. Define prove. Prove. And then, like, how uh, do <laughs> really, you know, think you've got to survive a true life to uh, change in the next five years? Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, so the, the question for if, if you didn't hear, if you have a mistake, you made a mistake, DUI, um, how, do you, how do you prove you've, you've learned from it? And maybe it's being involved in some sort of uh, anti-drunk driving campaign, right? Going and talking to, to middle schools and high schools about your experiences, that that can be part of it. Right? It's kind of hard to go, hey, here, look, here's my, here's my breathalyzer results for the last five years. Right? It's kind of hard to do. But you, you, you prove it by not doing it again. And trust me, I've seen a lot of applications where students are like, the first time I got a DUI, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right? it's, it's hard to, to learn from a mistake when you keep making it. Um." So it's depending on what it is, it's hard to, to prove that you've learned from it other than you didn't make that mistake again, if that makes sense. Yeah. So how important is paid employment opportunities? I'm glad you asked. So this comes up all the time. Paid versus volunteer doesn't matter. Go get your experiences. And if that makes the difference between going to some community physician and saying, hey, let me just work for free as a medical assistant, just shadow your medical assistant, teach me how to take blood pressures and and check people in. Like, go do that. Paid versus volunteer makes zero difference. There are some schools that really like volunteer hours and that's not clinical. That's like going and, and volunteering at Habitat or the soup kitchen or whatever." right? UCF is really big on volunteer hours outside of clinical related stuff. One more. You tell me when to stop. I can go all night. Okay. Yeah. Way back there. So gap years. I'm uh, glad you asked that gap years. Uh, who knows what a gap year is? Who doesn't know? All right. So a few people. So, The question I'm assuming you're asking is because you're asking, will a gap year help me with my application? Yes? It's usually whether or not, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, if what, I'm trying to figure out, like, is the reason behind taking a gap year, like, if you need a break or something like that, strong enough to take one? Yeah. Or um, are there other reasons that, that... like say you didn't get into medical school your first round and okay, take a gap year. Like I guess it's mainly behind the reasoning. That like the yeah, so it's behind the reasoning, and I don't want the reason to be it will help me with my application, right? It's what medical schools want to see, because the data shows that like sixty percent of students are taking gap years now, or some crazy number. I don't, I don't, don't quote me on that. Um, but it, they're becoming more and more popular, and it's mostly because students think that. They need to take a gap year to get into medical school, which just isn't true. You need to take a gap year if you need to take a gap year. If you want to take a gap year because you want to go travel, you need a break, then go do that. But it may look to the medical schools like you, you're, you took, bless you. <laughs> Thought a mouse ran in here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, it, it looks to medical schools like you're burnt out. And are you going to get burnt out again in medical school? If, uh, what a lot of students are doing now is because they don't want to take the MCAT while they're taking classes is they'll defer taking the MCAT during the normal kind of timeframe, um, junior, senior year, and they'll just take it after they graduate and just purposefully take a gap year to solely focus on the MCAT and work and get other experiences. That's Okay. Just don't do it because you think it's going to help you get into medical school. But there there are a million and one reasons to do it. All of them are okay reasons except for what I just mentioned. The, The one caveat I will put on it is don't do a gap year and just go backpack through Europe. All right, Keep a foot in the door in medicine with shadowing and clinical experience. The consistency of those things is really important. It's not, okay, I had 80 hours of shadowing my my sophomore year from some program I did. I'm good with shadowing. don't have to do it anymore, right? You have to be consistent with those things. That doesn't mean 20 hours a week. It can mean five hours a month. So if you want to take a gap year and go volunteer at the zoo, that's fine. Just keep some consistency in other places. Yes? Um, One of your things is like collaboration over competition. Yes. Yeah. So collaboration, not competition is one of the things I promote in my podcast. And I kind of mentioned at the beginning, right? The whole look to your left, look to your right. Only one of you can be a doctor is a bunch of BS. Um, And and really, I think at at the core of it, it's hard because the pre-med world is very cutthroat. And I understand that. Um, But if you can... Start forming groups here. Obviously, this is one big group, but if you can start forming some groups around other people, like have some secret, I'm a collaborator like handshake, and know that that you are meeting up with other students who who aren't going to try to, to cut you down, then that will help. Medical school is much more collaborative, right? Everyone in medical school is there, they're happy. A lot of medical schools are going pass-fail. They're not ranking their students anymore. You'll learn all about that stuff a little bit later. And so medical school is getting a little bit less cutthroat, um, which is good as well. But here it's, it's just understanding that, that the person sitting next to you is not your competition. And really owning that and understanding that and not just going, oh, Dr. Gray doesn't know what the heck he's talking about. He's old. One more. We'll do one more. Yes study abroad. Do you want to study abroad? Then go. So again, the the question potentially is around will studying abroad help me on my application, right? Don't do it for that. If you want to study abroad, go study abroad. It's easy, right? I make things a lot easier than, (laughs) than, than students make them out to be. It's really that easy if that's what you want to do. I think it's a great experience. It'll add to your story. You'll get experiences of other healthcare um, systems. I think it's great. Thank you guys so much for your time. Before before I stop, I got I got to get a picture for the gram. Come on, come on, Pierre. P.S. I hate saying for the gram, but that's what the kids are saying these days. All right, here take a video. Say hi. Woo! Go Gators! All right, there you have it. Hopefully, you enjoyed this episode. I knew at at the meeting itself, I got a ton of great feedback from students. Uh, just with the message that I gave them a lot of hope and a lot of uh, inspiration to keep moving forward. And that is my ultimate goal with this podcast. And there are lots of haters out there and that's all right, haters are going to hate. And, uh, but, but you keep pushing forward and hopefully I will get a message from you like I do from many students all the time saying that they got into medical school with stats that people told them they weren't going to get in. So keep pushing forward, keep dreaming. Keep succeeding. I'll see you next time here on the Pre-Med Years. This is MedEd Media.